Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3,285. Today we're continuing our series of looks at the episodes Lucasfilm has deemed essential for learning about Ahsoka Tano prior to the Ahsoka series debuting in August and we're seeing what we can learn or what they want us to pay attention to as part of that. And today we are starting our look at the Siege of Mandalore story arc from the final season of The Clone Wars. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're looking at the first half of the Siege of Mandalore story arc, which of course is episodes 9 and 10 from season 7 of The Clone Wars, the final season and the final story arc. This is Old Friends Not Forgotten and The Phantom Apprentice. Now, the Siege of Mandalore is actually completed <laughs> in these two episodes. So Ahsoka gets permission to lead a bunch of Republic troopers in a Siege of Mandalore, appropriately named basically, along with Bo-Katan and a bunch of people who don't want the place being run by Maul and Prime Minister Almec as his puppet. And as a result of the episode, they are able to gain control of Mandalore and capture Maul. And that's basically the gist of these first two episodes just from what happens. The other thing you need to know contextually for these episodes is that they are happening immediately before and then concurrently with the events of Revenge of the Sith. So the reason why Obi-Wan and Anakin can't go to the Siege of Mandalore is because they hear that Chancellor Palpatine has been kidnapped and they have to rush back to Coruscant for that battle that happens at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And later while the siege is ongoing, Obi-Wan can't come back and neither can Anakin because Anakin has been asked to spy on Palpatine and Obi-Wan has to go to Utapau to finally kill General Grievous once and for all. Now, as far as what we learn about Ahsoka from these first two episodes of the Siege of Mandalore arc, it's been a while, but we don't necessarily know how long, presumably measured in months, since Anakin and Ahsoka last saw each other. And Ahsoka is all business in the initial exchanges about trying to convince the Jedi that now's the time to go after Maul and take Mandalore away from him. And Anakin's initially hurt by this, but he does kind of get over it pretty quickly. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka get into it because Ahsoka accuses Obi-Wan of just playing politics instead of actually trying to do something good. He says, yeah, we have to help the people of Coruscant. And she says, no, you're just going to help the Chancellor. And she says, this is one of the reasons why people are losing faith in the Jedi. So yeah, she's firmly established her identity as being not a Jedi at this point and making clear that she you know, wants their help, but also doesn't want any part of the Jedi aspect of things. And she's frustrated with the idea that Obi-Wan has to get the council's approval on this, but you know, ultimately they get the idea that they can split the 501st and send some of the troops with Ahsoka and send some of the troops with Anakin. 
And there's that beautiful touching moment where Anakin introduces Ahsoka to the troops who have all painted their helmets to resemble her face markings. And I remember the Untold Clone Wars Tales panel at Celebration Europe in 2016 where they revealed that for the first time and showed the concept artwork for that scene. And Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and in Star Wars Rebels, was just completely overwhelmed by seeing that and having that story told and <laughs> with very good reason of course and rex there refers to ahsoka as commander and she says nope not commander like i'm not part of this whole structure anymore and so they propose the idea anakin does of giving rex a battlefield promotion to the rank of commander so that way he can lead the troops and ahsoka can be an unofficial advisor to the mission but what we learned about ahsoka from this is that despite the fact that she you know is definitely looking comparatively negatively on the jedi she's also willing to make use of the way that they are in these circumstances because she sees Maul as a particular threat that needs to be neutralized. And what's more is that she clearly relishes some of the battle stuff. There's a moment when they're flying into Mandalore and heading towards Sundari and Rex says, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a jetpack for you. And she says, that's okay, I'll race you down. And so they're leaping and jetpacking down. And yeah, you can tell that there's a particular thrill that Ahsoka has for this as well. This is kind of also one of the reasons why people have sort of lost faith in the Jedi, that they have moved from the peacekeeping status that they had to becoming soldiers. Although I guess Ahsoka, in a sense, has been freed from you know that sort of hypocrisy, if you will, which Maul identifies as a hypocrisy, and he's not wrong, but she's not necessarily violating any particular covenant in that sense now that she's no longer part of the Jedi Order, and so maybe it ends up working out okay in the balancing of the scales, morally speaking. And the other thing that comes up as far as the Jedi Order is that later on in these first two episodes, Ahsoka finds out from Obi-Wan that they, the Jedi Council gave the job of spying on Palpatine to Anakin, and Ahsoka is really troubled by this because Palpatine has been a mentor and a friend as far as everybody knows, right? So yeah, there's that. And Obi-Wan says, yeah, well, you know, the Council isn't necessarily always right, which I'm sure Ahsoka would be like, oh, you think, right? With everything that happened to her. But somehow she manages to <laughs> not give Obi-Wan the business over that one, even though it would have been well-deserved in that moment, too. And once Ahsoka's down on the surface and has her first encounter with Maul, who does not expect to be seeing her there, from that point on, she starts piecing together the mystery of what's going on with Maul, that he's been particularly bothered over the last several weeks, and he's had some sort of vision, and he thought Anakin was coming to the planet, and he may have set up this whole situation so that he could get Obi-Wan and Anakin there so that he could kill Anakin. And when Ahsoka and Maul have their second encounter, Maul actually convinces Ahsoka that there is a Darth Sidious kicking around who wants to take over the galaxy and the Jedi aren't able to do anything about it because they're crumbling, but hey, maybe you and I can take Sidious down together. Ahsoka initially agrees, or at least kind of says it to draw Maul out on something, which is to ask him what he wants with Anakin or when he says that, yeah, he was going to kill him because Anakin is going to become Darth Sidious's pupil, well, that pushes Ahsoka over the edge, and she can't hear that kind of truth, which is also, you know, really kind of fascinating because 
there are parallels between Ahsoka and Anik and Obi-Wan, really, in this episode. That one very much parallels the situation where Obi-Wan and Count Dooku are talking, and Count Dooku says, you know, what if I told you there was a Sith Lord running things in the Republic? And Obi-Wan's like, yeah, no, you're lying to me, but of course he was telling the truth. Similar situation here with Maul and Ahsoka, and as I was talking about earlier, just there's a sort of relish for the battle that Ahsoka has, and Obi-Wan has kind of developed that way over the course of time, too. Anyway, the idea of Maul trying to lure Obi-Wan and Anakin to Mandalore to kill Anakin <laughs> that's a bridge too far for Ahsoka and so the fight is on and she decides oh you know like this idea that he was trying to sell me about going to kill Sidious was really probably just so you could stab me in the back and then take over for Sidious and Ahsoka actually has the best lightsaber fight of her life and certainly of season 7 in the sense that she didn't even get to take a shot at Asajj Ventress in the walkabout episode Asajj just jumped her and she had no clue and then Barisafi posing as Ventress, definitely handed her her hat, as it were. This time, she's able to just barely beat Maul, which is a very impressive feat. And not only is she confident about this battle, but she's also compassionate in that she could have let him fall and die, but also you know, she's trying to still please the Jedi Council at some level because she catches him knowing that they wanted him alive and you know they're able to bring him in. And so those are the things that we learn about Ahsoka's character in that first half of the Siege of Mandalore story arc, and we'll look at the back half of that where other big stuff happens in tomorrow's episode. But for today, that is going to do it for this episode of the show, and it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the Force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.